What what were you saying about sweaty ears? Yeah, just going through the phone. I don't have to wear the headphones. Yeah. I'm tired of those sweaty ears, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Hey, that's everybody. It. We are live, right? Yeah, we are live, sir. Got my new uh, new. Oh, you don't you don't do a real phone. Yeah, my Wi Fi is out, so I can't. You don't. What do you, got there? you don't upgrade. You don't upgrade iOS, so I'm excited no, about no, the new iOS upgrade show. today. I stay out of that. Uh, shit, a, a, a real technology, a real phone. That, that, uh, <laughs> you know me. That, yeah, I know you. Disposable tech. Joe is the king of disposable tech. You should start it a tech is. recycling company, dude, because you could supply half the half the tech to them. Yeah, yeah, but then there's probably some long term liability on you know toxic substances that they're going to come back and haunt my ah, earth. Ah, <clears throat> we don't worry about that. If Trump I don't wins like those next kind of time, you won't have to worry about any of that. Too intensive, you know. It's yeah. like you got to do too much stuff. Yeah, with hardware. So markets like uh, sideways again from yesterday. I mean, which know, ones, macro not, or crypto? Uh, crypto. Not, yeah, that's what I noticed. Some oh, stabilization there around sixteen hundred and twenty point three, maybe going sideways made me feel better. Um, everybody's obviously waiting on the merge at this point. The merge. That's um, uh, tonight. Um, is it? What's like the countdown? Like it, I, the last I saw, it was like two in the morning. Let me see where we are. Estimated, oh, now it's uh, closer to one in the morning, 1240. It looks like about 1240 a.m. at this point. So I guess if the world ends, we'll at least be sleeping. Yeah, you know, if Putin unleashes Noakes or something. Uh, there was a bunch of scuttlebutt on Twitter yesterday about oh. about the Russians gearing up and well, G8 let me leaders. Close, let me close my doors. There's a bunch of um, lawnmowers going outside. Ha. <laughs> Don't you have that shit under control, Joe? I'm sorry. Can't you uh, can't you control those people? Yeah. Push them out beyond the gates. Push them out beyond the gates. <laughs> so, Joe, uh, I have launched a DeFi Lunch Mission DeFi Reddit because um, I read oh, cool. that that uh, the data is really good on engagement um, and that um, communities around shows. Uh, seem to really love being able to have the discussions people can have in in there, providing us feedback, providing us guests and and project and show ideas. Um, so we're going to give it a shot. Um, so I put the link in yesterday's show's show notes. Um, I'll put the link in today's show show notes, and I'm going to tweet it out. Uh, but um, I've started posting episodes in there, some some of the most recent ones, and. There's also a wiki function. And so I'm going to start using the wiki function to post up um, projects that we cover, that kind of thing. But the basic idea is we really want everybody in the community to, you know, come in and um, uh, add to the conversation. You know, let's get a place where we can all gather together and discuss things that is easier to navigate and discuss than Discord um, and Twitter. Um, I love Twitter. Um, not such a big, I have a love hate relationship with discord, but I wanted a place where everyone could be involved, where it's easy to track conversations, where there are threaded discussions. So I'm hoping this works out real well. For those of you listening, it is at, um, our, uh, slash mission DeFi. So just r slash mission DeFi and, uh, go in there and, uh, uh join and, uh, feel free to post away because 
We want as much uh, info from you guys as we can get. It just makes everything we do better. And we want we want to kind of create a network here, a community that we can all benefit together from the projects we're working on, um, the investments we're making, and um, and just grow it all together. So that's hey, it. instead of you know, I've tackled the problem of not sharing all these great research reports from LinkedIn through Twitter. I'm yep. trying to figure out how to do it direct. I think so far, just like you said, Google Doc link or Google Drive link or something, Dropbox or something like that. Yeah. Like, could I put these reports on Reddit and then everybody could just get them yeah. there themselves? Yeah. Okay. Let's put them there. Let's put them there. And the other thing I'm going to do is see if there's a uh, a bot uh, that will let me auto tweet, uh, have our tweets populate in there as well. So Niblet says yeah. he couldn't find you on LinkedIn the other day. Me? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, is it, uh, well, look, are it you uh, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Joe Colley? No, it's changed. It's Pathfinder 305. That's your you, that's your path and LinkedIn. Yeah, it's on the Twitter profile. There's a click through on the website section, which is the LinkedIn click through. I'm sorry, my Wi-Fi is down, so I can't pull it up on my laptop. I'm, but I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that's it. Pathfinder. Yep. So it's it's linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Pathfinder 305, folks. And you should follow him. 305. Yeah, 305. 305. I, I'm the I one who keeps saying the, I, I just put it in the chat as well. Oh, cool. Thanks. So uh, there's, there's, there's aspirational Joe photo. I am a courageous leader of men. And spread you know who took that picture? My daughter. Like, nice. She did a good job. <laughs> I just threw on a shirt and a jacket and said, okay. She did a good job. I don't like the head-on shots because I don't like the, fa you know, the facial recognition stuff with, you know, me. I'm a little paranoid about stuff like that. The <laughs> Irish recognition systems. But, of course, you know, I'm giving it all away right here. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. So much for matter? that shit, Joe. <laughs> and a lot more. So, um, uh Fear and greed index took a little dip down to 27 from 34, but still we got a uh, higher low over uh, 25 uh, on Monday. So we're, we're holding, holding steady. Um, look, and I think uh, I listened this morning, part of a, a bankless podcast with Justin Drake. He's the guy that coined the term uh, ultrasound money for in reference to Ethereum. Um, he went through 15, um, bad takes on Ethereum. And it was really interesting. I, I would encourage everybody to, to give it a listen um, because, you know, he's kind of one of the, you know, one of the top researchers in the Ethereum foundation and community um, knows his shit. And uh, it was just very interesting. Um, the other thing is I, um, oh, let me tell me I opened it. I guess I didn't. Let me open up this thread. Uh, I opened, a, I, I'm going to share a thread that I read if you're not following, hold on, let me get him opened up here. If you're not following, um, I'm going to open it right now. Hold, let's bear with me, boys and girls. Um, if you're not following, is that the epic thread guy that you were talking about? Yeah, Solomon. Yeah, awesome, dude. Solomon awesome. Crypto, you better be because this man, like, every, it is not only like he is this highly technical dude that understands kind of all the inner workings of, of EVM and Ethereum and everything else. It's that he is a master educator. 
Like the way he writes makes everything so digestible and his threads are threads within threads. So you could spend literally hours going through all of the threads he've written that he embeds under each point of the thread. So as an example, um, the one I read yesterday was um, actually linked to this one, which was which he's calling the Ethereum roadmap. And essentially it takes you through everything, all the fundamentals of Ethereum and how it functions and how it works and all the opportunities around it and where it's going in the future, roll-ups, layer two solutions, what the goals are, how proof of stake works. But in every thread, um, there is another thread buried in it with more incredible education that he's done. So I'm going to put this thread in the um, in the show notes because this was an awesome like uh, primer of Ethereum and where it's going. And then mm -hmm. the threads within this thread will give you so much awesome data and information about how Ethereum functions without you feeling like, um, you know, you're lost in technical jargon. It's, it's really mm -hmm. beautifully done. Um, well, and he, he includes a lot of charts, a lot of flow charts to help explain concepts. Um, and just this, this guy is a must follow Solomon, Crypto, S-A-L-O-M-O-N, crypto. Um, just you, fantastic shit. You know what I liked about it was that it had so much value for someone who knows a lot about crypto and Ethereum. Yeah. But it also has immense value for people that are listening that are trade fi types or just coming in and figuring out what's going on here. Institutional guys, go follow this guy and read it because yeah. it'll get you ahead of your peers in the office so fast on what's going on in that space. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now he's what's he's, his name again? Solomon Crypto. Okay. He he's just he's he's just like awesome. Solomon Brothers or like yeah. or the S A or S O. S A L O, I believe. M O N. Let me go back okay, to it. Cool. Let me go back to it. Make sure. S A L O M O N Crypto. <laughs> Look what Sean said. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> does it oh, I just, does it I put it up yes it, it does that's exactly what it concludes it's going to zero so we can all buy it dirt cheap and get fucking wealthy over the next six months yes that's what's going to happen we're all in we're all in is that the ETH maxi play that's my play mm -hmm. I, I here's the thing I've gotten much better over the last several months or years last couple of years really at detaching expectations from, from reality? Well, no, uh, detaching <laughs> these hoped for expectations of what will happen uh, with a given token as it relates to an investment. I have hopes and, and things I think about related to the technologies of Ethereum and Phantom and whatever, right? And I think they I have things I want them to succeed at doing. But for me, as on the investing side of things, I can just disconnect that now and say, look, you know what? I'm I'm not betting on the merge. I'm I'm betting on, you know, at, at the end of this, is there an opportunity to buy it cheap, right? That, and that's a good thing to me because my long-term vision is is that Ethereum is going to dominate and barring like a major technological crash or collapse, that's my that's my yeah. my feelings about it. So, I'm willing to make that bet longer term and if I can get it cheaper, Fuck yeah. So 
Well, look, you if know. you're playing, I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was kind of trying to put together a list of my top 10 longs for crypto, the ones that I could just forget about. And obviously, sorry, it's clunky. I'm just going through my phone. Obviously, it's, um, to me, I see Ethereum as being a key piece going forward. So after the event, if there is an opportunity to buy, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. Because I believe just, it's around forever. You know, yeah. um, just like I believe BTC is around um, a tiny, yeah, I'll say forever. I just think the commercial potential on ETH and everything that's going on, it makes it the practical one. In a yeah. lot of ways, the practical platform. Um, BTC, obviously, we know, and they don't want to do it, but, you know, they got to right. layer on the same type of stuff if they want to be that. Exactly. Now we know they don't want to be that, so I'm not I'm not judging. Well, I, I mean, parts of that community want to be that. Like you look at Stacks, you look at the DeFi, you look at the other layer twos, they want to be that. And you know, I will say that there are opportunities to leverage Lightning or other capabilities around Bitcoin give it the potential to be, you know, what Ethereum is. But that needs to ramp up. Right now, thankfully for the Bitcoin folks that would like to see DeFi, projects like Stacks have learned from the lessons of Ethereum and created what they think is a superior model for it. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think that there's I, I, I think there's an opportunity for Bitcoin to have have DeFi. And frankly, I want you know me, Joe, I always talk about it. I want more competition in this space. I want yeah, and I, I, I want. We are we are so fucking early, and the numbers are so small right now that you know that there is plenty of room, like well, plenty yeah, of fucking look, room. When it when when look, crypto, particularly Bitcoin and ETH, are sort of really there where they're in that discussion about you know asset diversification. Yeah, and they weren't. Well, I mean, there was like yeah, and everybody laughed. Well, now people are really going, hey, wait, yeah. So to me, that's tremendous progress. I. In my mind, though, I kind of see um, – I'm trying to use some words, some comparisons. But to me, Bitcoin is something like preferred stock or a bond, whereas Ethereum to me is more like common stock. Okay, In a sense, what I, I mean is it's yeah. where the stuff happens. Right. But Bitcoin is more like – almost like to me, like since it underpins everything else, like a governance functioning store of value in a way right. i mean i know it doesn't govern everything else but you know what i'm saying yeah. i look at it has a little it has a premium over the others but i see in all the others the potential to scale in ways and do things that um bitcoin doesn't want to or isn't suited for or or, or can't do right um and obviously there's trade-offs but to yep. me like you said i see you know look if you're doing a basket and you're you know trade fi guy and you're you know running across you know your etfs and you know, your core blue chips and, you know, your currency instruments or whatever else you're doing, your diamonds, your gold, your houses, your real estate. This is part of the play, too. And they're all part of the play. Absolutely. Um, there's another 20 that are just lurking right below those two um, for the trade five folks who aren't as deep as, you know, a lot of the listeners that are going to be that in the future. In my mind, I don't you know, I can make some guesses. Um BNB is one I would guess at, um, right. but there's a few others. But the point is that it's always evolving, and yeah. I don't think it has to be one or the other. Uh, it's all. I mean, if we're only at what a trillion market cap, and I don't know what 
what is global market cap is something like, what is it? 600 trillion, 300 trillion. I mean, we're, we're, it's a drop in a bucket so far. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. We have so much to go. And yeah. And think yeah, about the stuff Sean, we talked about yesterday, the tokenization, $16 trillion by 2030. Okay. Tokenized. And the whole thing was a lot more than that too. So, you know, 30 something out there. Uh, Nibble is so, throwing out. Really. Um, ETH and BTC are available in ETFs that you can hold in tax sheltered vehicles, depending on jurisdiction. Great tax-free long-term hold. I yeah, know so shit I mean, about those vehicles. So it functions, you know, think about it. They're functioning like Roth IRAs. Right. And, you know, which I know Fidelity allows you, I think you can purchase BTC on Fidelity, but I don't know if you can put it in your, your IRAs or your SEPs and things like that. I'm not sure. I just haven't looked. Somebody else will know that better than I. Um, so you are deferring. Um, I think yeah. with, wait, Roth is one where there's no income taxes on the way out, but you're using post-tax dollars on the way in, I think, right? Correct. And I believe, yeah. these, no, 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 these, no, no. Pre-tax dollars. I thought it was pre-tax dollars in, but maybe you're right. Well, well, it's one of the other, I mean, there's a bunch of vehicles and I'm just confusing them, but you know, the idea is to, when you're taking your distributions at the back end, you know, when your retirement years is to not be paying taxes then. Right. So um, if you can put, you know, theoretically, BTC and ETH purchases would be purchased with after tax dollars anyhow. Yeah. So, you know, I think that you already pay tax on that money. I think there's probably some vehicles where you aren't paying taxes on the way out right. or it's deferred or something. I don't know. But that needs to be part of the plan, too, because you can imagine, look, I mean, we're looking at one, three, five year, 10 year horizons. Think about if you're like having a kid now and if you were putting btc and you know your kids 401k or 529 college savings plan or whatever right. where you got 20 years to grow that before school i don't mean the whole thing in btc of course but time is your for the younger folk time is your ally so get into these vehicles as best you can yeah um if they're available to you because that's a great point there's niblets right yeah, Roth is post-tax dollars, and Canada yeah. has tax-free savings accounts that work similarly, cap on deposits per year. Well, that's yeah, right. That's, I forgot. He's up in BC. It's so fucking cold there, unfortunately. It's beautiful, though, man. I Vancouver, know, I know. British Columbia. There's like, yeah, I think there's like four months of the year I could live there. But I think because it's on the water, I think, I mean, I don't know. I think it's sort of like Seattle in a sense that it's... Um, Rainy, not, gray... A what? <laughs> Rainy, <laughs> gray, and cold. Pro oh, gray and cold. Yeah, I thought you said Indian grave. And I'm like, that's not the... I don't know if we're supposed to say that word anymore, but, but yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> no, I'm no, just gray. It is beautiful up there. I was supposed to vacation up there first year of COVID, but that, of course, went to hell. Yeah. No, I, I, sorry I don't to know. Be, but... Sorry to be making fun of your home there, Niblets. We, we, no, we're sorry. not. I love that area. Yeah. So uh, Jump Crypto wrote, uh, with the merge hours away, this is your link, Joe. There are a lot yeah. of questions about what exchanges will be doing. Keep in mind the information may change rapidly. Binance suspending deposits and withdrawals uh, September 15th at 030 UTC. So that's, uh, what is that, 7 p.m. Eastern? Is that right? Am I doing that right? What time? Th th UTC. 030 UTC. So that's, uh, I believe, 730 Five PM. plus three, 
p.m. Eastern. OKEX plans to alert use before the merge when it will uh, suspend. So they're waiting to see when the timing is. FTX is going to offer continuous trading and no halting or no plan to halt or settle ETH futures prior to the merge. ETH futures and perpetual contracts will track the price of proof of stake Ethereum after the merge. Coinbase is going to suspend ETH ERC-20 deposits and withdrawals a few hours before. Um, shouldn't be any impact to trading. KuCoin plans to suspend deposits and withdrawals September 14th at 15.51 UTC, so 10 p.m.? No, 10, 8, 10, 10, 10 a.m. That already did it, right? That's what they already did it? Yeah. Bybit plans to suspend deposits and withdrawals uh, a few hours before the merge. Gate.io plans to suspend at midnight UTC, 7 p.m. Eastern. Kraken states it doesn't guarantee that an ETHW fork would be listed on exchange. It should not be listed on its exchange. <clears throat> and frankly, I don't think any exchange should be listing it, but somebody, a few whores will. So um, did you see the other day that Coinbase posted a question to the ETH proof of work group about, uh, I think it was a technical question. So about don't they know software upgrades break shit, something like that? Yeah, I mean, it was just like, they look, it was answer. the Oracle guy. It was the Oracle guy. Yeah, right? they couldn't answer any questions. Like they couldn't, they couldn't. And it was supposed to have launched eight days ago, and it still hasn't. So, wait, what? What is this again? Which one? The proof of work chain. The the fork oh. was supposed to launch eight days ago, and it hasn't launched. <laughs> Niblets, rainy, gray, and cold. That's my personality. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Listen, I've done a phone call with you, man. That is not. You case. don't look that dark to me, dude. Nah, I mean, your sense not. of dark personality. Nah, you look pretty he, uh, optimistic. You sound that way, the way you write. By the way, he's working on some really cool shit, um, uh, Niblitz's, uh, on the tech side. Uh, really, really yeah. cool stuff. I'm in dialogue with a couple of people about a couple of different projects they're working that are big listeners of the show, and um, they're all working on really interesting stuff. I well, mean, and that's the thing we should be. That's the kind of stuff we should be putting in Reddit, right? Yeah. Like, let's get a community around helping everybody in the community succeed at what they're building. I know Sean wants to build something. Um, he's also building a mining operation, but he's got another project idea he wants to work on. Let's get all these like-minded technical crypto mines working together. So yeah. Um, anyway, everybody get in there. Eamon's got some stuff too. Yeah. Oh, Eamon's got the shit happening. That is a cool thing, man. I like what he's that's, doing. I can't wait till we can talk about it. I know, because we'll we'll put him, bring him on as a guest to talk about it. But, dude, that's what I like about it. Without saying anything, is that it's just another what I call diversification of risk. It's just yeah. another cool thing that can stabilize uh, treasuries and other kind of uh, Ave type models. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, it's We've got really, a real builders community, man. We really, we, we have people building in yeah. this community. So Grayscale disclosing SEC queries says cryptos XLM. Oh, cryptos XLM, ZEC, Zcash, Zen may be securities. It was just so, funny to me because they basically, you know, they've been getting queries from the SEC of the regulators on, they have those, right. uh, trusts uh, vaults around specific crypto projects yeah. and so i guess they've been getting pinged over a bunch of these and the one i really thought about was stellar 
just because it, you know, everybody kind of knows who Stellar is. Yeah. Um, and and so I commented, I want so they're saying to the SEC that these may be securities. Right. They're not going, oh yeah, well, these might be securities. They're initiating saying these may be securities. Yep. And so I'm like, one, why would you do that? Um, yeah. Because you might as well say, well, um, that tree out in the friggin' lobby might be a security. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you're yeah. just saying nonsense. So, well, you know, down here in Florida, uh, palm trees would be a security because yeah. people buy and sell and trade them. They resell them out of their yard when they grow to a certain height. So, you know. Oh, yeah. And those are expensive. I mean, palm trees in my front yard are a security. Yeah, I mean, one of those trees. If I you grew it, it with the. I grew grew it with some other people with the thought of increasing its value. Yeah. So, so, you know, I guess I just was surprised that they would say that. There was something else in there too that I, I thought was interesting, um, but I just commented on Twitter today. I was like, "Well, tell us why these three are." Right. And I, I think right. it all comes around the raise. Not that it is, it's how you did the raise. And somebody's pointing out that a lot of these didn't even do fair launches or anything. And, and it, there's all these differences. So I just yeah. kind of, you know, it's what we always talk about. It. Clarity, clarity, clarity. Yeah, Let the just, market know what it can and can't do. Well, speaking um, of that, good, good, good. Thanks for the good segue. segue. Right. Yeah. So saw this tweet, Gensler, given that most crypto tokens are securities, many crypto intermediaries, both centralized and decentralized, have to register with the SEC in some capacity. So I opened the speech up. This is a speech to Congress, to the Senate uh, tomorrow. Um, and I was reading along and, you know, it's him talking about capital markets and the gold standard, how the SEC is the reason that our securities markets are so powerful and strong. It's all because of the SEC by the way. It has nothing to do with people in tech and anything else. It's it's the SEC is the reason that we dominate the financial world because re regulations have always, always grown capitalism. Right. Well, So then he gets into the bond markets and the equity markets, blah, blah, blah. And then we get to the crypto markets, right? And so, so I'm reading... And the first paragraph is the core principles from the securities laws apply to all corners of the securities markets. Investors and issuers in crypto markets ought to benefit from the same gold standard that has made our capital markets the liquid, most liquid and innovative in the world. In my head, do you know what I translated that as? I want to yeah. shit make sure all my fucking buddies at Goldman Sachs control this shit. And so that is my job while I'm in the SEC is to make sure that my buddies get to control the crypto markets and the bulk of the value in the markets. So I had that in my head. I'm reading along, you know, the same yada, yada, yada. We're trying, everybody should come in and talk to us. We may have to adjust disclosures, bullshit, 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 bullshit. And then we come to the paragraph about making sure my buddies can get in here and control this shit. Okay. What's it say? I have, all, read it. 
I have also have asked staff to work with firms that have been operating in other well-regulated markets that want to enter the crypto market. Such traditional financial intermediaries have expressed an interest in providing services to investors in the crypto market and to do so in compliance with time-tested investor protection rules. Existing crypto security and intermediaries need to do so in compliance with investor protection rules as well. All intermediaries in our capital markets deserve to compete and comply on a fair playing field. In other words, I want to make sure all of the people who are not spending hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars every year on regulatory compliance have to, and since most of them won't be able to, I'm going to make sure that my buddies at Goldman Sachs and the banks can control it based on the regulatory frameworks that I'm going to enforce. That's, that's the to me, in a nutshell, his entire address to the Senate about crypto. That's all he cares about. I mean, that's the bottom line. Let's make sure my buddies get to control this shit and this is the path I'm headed down. And and it and it fits perfectly. I mean, if you look at everything he said and everything he's done and the fact that he wants to be able to find the shit out of people without actually making the rules clear and without adjusting anything and by telling people to come in to their honeypot and then get fined or or charged, it all points to, I want to make sure the bank's get to control this because that's my world. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time divining things and, you know, reading people's minds, but I'm not reading his mind. He's no, no, I'm not, I'm, didn't mean to, I wasn't impugning anything negative towards you. I was just saying, I always try to go to a point. I always try to like, uh, you know, understand the other, the counterparty's motivations. Okay. So what are his motivations? Yeah, make you mean money. the Goldman Sachs executive? Well, he already was, but I wouldn't just give it to Goldman Sachs. I'd give it to all of them. You know, it's where not you, like where do you him. think he's going to work after the SEC? They don't always go back to Goldman. They go to other places too. Okay, Wait, so I mean, but but where? I mean, in oh, what oh no, he's going to be in some nexus of traditional FI and a big crypto protocol, looking to have its ass saved. There that's where he's going to fit. Okay, there so that's go. what I see his motivations as. Um, I think these guys. Aside from all the impracticalities and the inefficiencies of it and how frustrating it is for regular for us, um, I find the rank and file people are motivated to protect those, you know, grandmas watching news that get hustled or people like that that don't know. I think that's their motivation at the rank and file level. At the policy level, I mean, you have to assume that they're trying to uh, support, you know, U.S. Uh, I don't know, dollar supremacy or U.S. economic platform. I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. So it's logical that he would want the ones already, I guess, you know, successfully doing that to get that. But um, it doesn't mean there's not room for five to six to 10 big crypto banky type players to come in. You know, FTX, uh, Crypto.com types, you know, Coinbase's, Aves, you know, it, it's curves, yearns. It doesn't mean any of those won't be those. Because remember, they're also serving up the Fed window to um, these, I guess, crypto firms too. That's the liquidity window. So to me, I think it's, I don't always um, look at it as, the, as anti. I mean, I know it's frustrating as shit. I get it. And everybody's stymied because like you said, there's no sandbox to go innovate. I mean, even Bahrain's doing a sandbox. So and well, we're I don't not. I think it's anti- I think it's look at all this fucking money we can make. 
Oh yeah, I, I, no, but I mean, you're you're kind of. I get the feeling that you're sort of representing a constituency in your mind. Um, well, that's here's, the here's ones that I, I guess are going to get disintermediated when the banks take over a I, lot of this. I, I, right? Answer, yeah. Answer this question: How can you continue to have a decentralized finance system if you have to comply with rules and regulations that require require middlemen? in the infrastructure of the system because that's the system that he wants in my opinion to have control over crypto and decentralized finance the system we have today requires intermediaries requires settlement systems requires delays how how does that ever work it, it, it can't work. Well, I think you're acting like it's a one big monolithic structure. I can just as I see like a metaverse world, the sphere with the different chains or universes or whatever in it, I could see both existing. Absolutely. Well, I don't have any problem with the banking system, traditional finance system existing and decentralized finance existing. But if you make decentralized finance, as he's threatening all the intermediaries, all the people involved in the space, if you make them be part of the existing traditional finance regulatory infrastructure around the way trades get settled, around the way um, finances are handled, around the way you have to be licensed by two different ones, around the way you have to disclose in certain timeframes. If you, if you force that mess onto decentralized finance, you can no longer have decentralized finance. Well, okay. You, yeah, you lose the you're missing one big assumption here. And it's that there is money to be made in decentralized finance. So the banks are going to be the ones that don't want to change that. Just because Gensler says something in his speech, that little sentence to create policy and then create law, that's like a three-year process. I so, you totally know, we're agree. not even closely there. And I just don't think that if I'm the U.S. Treasury or whatever, and I'm thinking about U.S. policy, I don't want to gut it and put it into the same old boring structures that we have. I want to keep it to where it is decentralized well, in some way, shape, or form. Now, Janet, he's talking Janet about needs to get the with, on the phone with Gary and let him know because who, that's not what he's saying. But he doesn't have the power to do it. He's just well, he saying shit to Congress. Yeah, well, let's hope I'm mean, right. I say shit every day, too, and you say shit every day, too, but we're not doing it in front of Congress. The thing is that you, <laughs> we're also you, not regulating so the securities and exchange. No, I mean, of course we're not. Well, what's John saying here? Hold on. Crypto is... Is vector? I can't see the rest of it. Is R crypto is a threat to TradFi? The lack of understanding of this tech vector outside of BTC is a fundamental flaw. I'm not sure if he means a fundamental flaw of the tokens projects outside of BTC. No, I, I kind of get it. I think you know. Look again, you know BTC versus all the rest. Okay, so when I'm talking about you know. BTC being the pure algorithm, let's say, of proof of work, the pure um, can't be controlled, let's say, by the government. Um, uh, that's the pure decentralized, you know, aside from maybe you could do certain things that beyond my pay grade. But that philosophy, I think, is a is for BTC. And I think for ETH and the rest, DeFi, you know, decentralized finance, whatever, um, that that's where the innovative models are. And, and I don't see Congress or anybody or tech 
implementing something that stifles that going forward when the rulemaking comes out. Remember, by then, a couple of years down the road, the crypto lobby groups are going to have 10 times as much money, and they're going to be in there ahead of fossil fuels, trade fi, and guns and all of that to get their shit in place. Um, yeah. So I'm not just because one guy says something. I think people look at the U.S. and think that we're this top down organization that, you know, everything runs up to the top and somebody says yes or no. There, there's no consistent thing there. It's there's different power centers all over the place and they're all jockeying at different intersection points to create this output. There is no concerted, consolidated um, effort to put one person in charge. I mean, we saw that that people try to do that, of course, but it just doesn't work in this system. So well, look, when someone I, says something, but what's the, what like, now what would the guy at CFTC, what's his name, Denim? Who's the pro crypto guy that runs I CFTC? I the one who's going to get all the regulation of it. See, Gensler's right. not even going to be regulating it. So right. that's why I look at, I know you don't like these speeches. I always look at them as just blah, 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 blah. Well, look, here's, the, here's the thing. Here, I, I, I understand where you're coming from and I don't disagree with you um that that Shizzy. ultimately the rulemaking and the laws <laughs> we're gonna head right into it if we keep this discussion going <laughs> we'll be right into fucking dinner exactly. and after dinner drinks shortly and then we're gonna really need a freaking sponsor <laughs> <laughs> to pay for all the food um, tabs and booze i don't i don't disagree with you mm -hmm. that Ultimately, it's up to Congress to write the rules, and and that those that's where the decree is going to come from. My my concerns revolve around a couple of things. First of all, he's already stifling innovation, tech, and advancing crypto in the United States based on how he is approaching the way the SEC interacts with the industry. That to me is yeah. Sean says DeFi at the bar. Uh, is it? We'll come that to Dublin, to me, buddy. We'll come to Dublin for that show. That to me is an impact that's already happening. It was happening before he came, but he I think he's making it worse. The second thing is, is I think he's lobbying here, right? So yeah, he's just throwing it out there. But at the same time, there will be a ch good chunk of members of Congress who say, oh, well, the SEC guy says we need to do this. So we may need to do this. All, all my point is, is I don't think his incentive is about protecting grandmas getting scammed. I don't, I don't think that's his incentive. I think his incentive is to give the existing traditional finance system as much control over crypto as possible and to make it arduous for anyone that's not in that system to comply unless they're a major player like an FTX or Coinbase, et cetera. So, so I, I think that's the motivation. And I so wonder, I, I agree ahead, with sorry. you that, that ultimately the rules have to be set but I think that he can have a massive negative impact in the meantime. And well, I just was really trying to point out what I think his incentives are. No, no, I, I look, dude, I actually agree with 99% of what you're saying. I'm just casting in a slightly different way. Um, that look, someone who goes to school and I presume gets great grades and goes into investment banking, um, you know, that's a hard job. <laughs> it's like, it's a grind it out 90, 120 hours. You have to have ambition to do yeah, that. And sure. so, and then you're at SEC now with ambition. So this guy has ambition. What does that mean in the end? You know, 
probably lots of money. Um, it's not like you said about none of these guys, I think, are, I'm not going to say the government, but I'm going to say none of the individuals that come off Wall Street are really that concerned about the less fortunate in society or how it all exactly. works. They're really concerned about themselves and their firms. Yeah. So I agree with all that. But I think that we have to, you know, remember when he's up speaking to Congress, he's there because he has to. It's a of compliance course. thing. He's of reporting. So course. he's going to say, you know, whatever he thinks advances the ball to keep the CFTC at bay <sighs> a little bit and yep. hold on to his, you know, little bureaucratic uh, turf. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if you look at like re read some stuff about bureaucratic politics, I think is the topic. You see how all of this stuff kind of works. So I look at all of this as, you know, kabuki in a lot of ways. Just they're just saying shit. And but you're right. It does cause confusion. But then I was thinking when you just when you said that, I was thinking about the Y Combinator cohort. And I'm like, he's saying that. But Y Combinator and all the people that are there are still launching massive cohorts of crypto companies. It's true. So it isn't. Is it really stifling? Yeah, look, I think people more uh, organized. Uh, imagine, imagine if Gensler had come in and said, first thing I'm doing is this. I'm revamping the disclosure requirements and I'm setting up a sandbox. And we're going to let you come in, launch it. Here's the minimal disclosure requirements have to be on your website. Go to town, boys. Imagine the difference. Imagine the difference. And I do think he's, I think he's intentionally stifling it. I think his constant push to scare people, his constant threats uh, about crypto and saying everything is a security and his, um, his desire to get people to honeypot into his office and then get fined or, or, or charged is, is what scares. I mean, you could just look at Twitter when SEC comes up, you know, every project that's tried to deal with the SEC has been fucked over. It's, it's bullshit that they can go in and talk to them. And, um, everybody that tries and gets rebuffed is like, well, okay, I can't do that. Like, I mean, look at the impact alone, just freaking Coinbase. Coinbase just wanted to do an interest-bearing project, went to the SEC, negotiated with the SEC, and the SEC, instead of saying, hey, let's figure out how to make this work, said, no, nah, fuck you, you're fined, you're charged if you do this. And that, that to me is why I think that's his incentive and motivation. So we'll see. We'll, we'll yeah, see where think, it all comes again, out. Look, you know, we, talk, we laugh about this a lot. I mean- they're still going after ICOs from 2017. Yeah. You know, what was the one recently? Dragon. But I remember a few like three years ago that were settled where people went in and I'm going to, you know, one of my favorite law firms is, is, as you know, Hogan Lovells. And I saw some settlements there a couple of years ago where, you know, were much smaller amounts of money. So I'm going to say, this is what I'm saying to people is that if you are going to go into the Gary Gensler sandbox to tell him what you've been doing or what you're planning to do. You don't go in alone, retain a firm, get a law. Well, here's firm. the problem. Okay. So exactly that. Here's a perfect example. Beanstalk farms, yeah. no ICO, no venture capitalists, 100 tokens launched at the beginning of the algorithm. According to everything he talks about here about stable coins, yeah. those guys would have had to spend $2 million to comply easily. I mean, easily that would beanstalk farms would never happen if those guys hadn't been in on. And now they're probably under serious risk from a regulatory perspective for well, not having done 
everything that you have to do to negotiate with, but those guys were never going to be able to hire, you know, a top tier SEC firm. There's just no way. Well, look, I'm going to give you guys a name. If you want a guy who came out of Hogan Lovells, is a partner with um, the general, former general counsel of Second Life that did all the bank transmittal license when Second Life was big in 06, 07, 08, that's been in this space, understanding regulation around tokens forever. Uh, Lewis Cohen, L-E-W-I-S-C-O-H-E-N, D-L-X-Y. Fantastic. This guy, though. SEC likes him. He's taken in um, – this is public. He took in pocket full of quarters, which was the, um, you know, a portable token across gaming platforms. They're still out there. They did an STO raise on, you know, one of those crowdfunding platforms. And he took them in there and got a no action letter. I think one of only two so far. I don't know if there's been any in the last couple of years. He goes in with other projects too. And if there's a, um, if there's a wrinkle in it, um, you know, it gets resolved. But, you know, he knows what they want to see and he knows their sensitive issues. And he knows, you know, I think it's hard with Beanstalk, let's say. Pretty innovative concept. OK, and it's going to take those guys years to figure it out. So, you know, and at the same time, if you come in with any name that's cute, these are all like suited up guys and gals. You know, it's like they want to hear, you know, C CXY, you know, <laughs> like. LTD, a bastion of financial stability. They don't like the cutesy stuff. So, you know, it's hard. So you got to go in with the lawyers. And so call Lewis, Lewis Cohen, C-O-H-E-N. If you got any issues, SEC, you're going to do a raise. He is my go-to guy. I don't, he sometimes listens. So, you know, you're Sean welcome. says, we're trying to take their control of money away. No one gives power away. It has to be taken. Oh, we lost Joe. I guess that pissed him off. You pissed him off, Sean. Joe left because Sean dared speak the truth to power. Shizzy says, Goldman Gary does what Goldman wants. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Shizzy. You're totally right. Absolutely correct. So, uh, all right. Let me move on while Joe's not here, and then we can uh, – I guess he lost – maybe his phone – I bet his phone battery died. It's kind of like my daughter. He doesn't plug it in. Um, I'm not sure why Joe wanted to bring this up again. We already talked about the Starbucks integrating into the NFT. Uh, Joe posted this one. Bahrain Central Bank selects open node to test crypto payments. And he had actually some notes on this one. So let me see if I can find that because he had – he said he pulled away some key takeaways from – uh, bah, 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 from the uh, from that article. So let me go see if I can find that. Joe's takeaway was earlier in the year, the Central Bank of Bahrain was granted has granted Binance a Category Four license as a fully fledged crypto asset service provider, a CASP, the world's largest exchange, received the license. Bahrain was the first exchange to Binance Bahrain to be granted a Category Four license. Uh, before that, it was, I, I don't know. There's no, there, there, I, I don't know what that is. I guess it's just Binance got a license. So we'll go with that folks. Um, South Korea has issued an arrest warrant for Do Kwon. I don't think anybody's really surprised about that. Um, I think we all kind of uh, expected it. Sean says we'll buy him a beer. Awesome. That's awesome, dude. Awesome. Uh, so I guess Doquan's on the run. Of course, when you have a couple of billion, uh, it's a little easier to hide. So I would suspect 
that he is uh, lawyered up and uh, is uh, somewhere in hiding until he gets uh, probably a deal in place or something else. But um, it's uh, it's uh, very interesting that they've decided to go for it and uh, bring him in. So it says there are a total of five individuals. Um, they said they were citing a text message from the prosecutor's office. Um, but obviously, you know, Doe's responsible for taking down quite a bit of shit. Oh, there he is. He's back. I'm going everything through the phone. I guess, you know, your handsome mug moving around on my screen, overheating my phone. That's probably it. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Uh, we moved on because felt like it was a good time with you dropping. Uh, but we were afraid maybe you were censored, but I moved on to the Doe Kwan piece uh, being uh, there's an arrest warrant out for him. So um, I think we'll hopefully see some justice served in one way or another. Joe, you there? It's, I'm having, I, I'm breaking up a little bit. I, um, yeah, that, so, I mean, breaking look, up this is, is hard to do. This is what happens when you lose 40 billion. <laughs> that, that's, that's a perfect <laughs> summary, Joe. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, somebody's going to find something. Um, and yeah, here's more on that. Everybody, uh, I know. think, has already found everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, Sam Kazmian, there's a bot that posts the Telegram discussion. Sam Kazmian of, of uh, Frax replies to all kinds of questions in, in their Telegram. And um, there was a question basically saying that, or somebody had quote, somebody had tweeted that, Frax uh, BP pools and other Frax pools generate no revenue for VECRV. And this, his answer was interesting to that question, but it was even more interesting for what it tells you about the level of their investment. So he said, there's two issues with what he's saying. One, we bribe by far the most out of anyone, sometimes comprising almost 50% of all the bribes per period. So think about that. He's basically saying that 50% of the CRV convex bribes are all done by Frax. Like Frax is owning hardcore owning fucking liquidity and not messing around. He said, we are almost half of the API of the entire CVX token ourselves. We pay big for using the ecosystem. Curve convex yields would drop by half if we didn't. Regardless of the bribe revenue, Fraxland is out now. Give it a few more weeks and bribe cycles. As the amount of debt and collateral assets you can borrow with Frax increases, so will its velocity, volume, and thus its revenue for the Curve Convex ecosystem as leverage plus repayments rise. The final piece of the puzzle just arrived, so let's give it a bit until it's fully in action. Lastly, Frax owns a lot of CVX and a growing amount of VECRV. We're literally part owners of Curve and Convex. In fact, we are the largest DAO owner in the world. We are aligned entirely in terms of long-term economics here and also want to see revenues increased. We are the last entity that would ever want our own CVX or VECRV stacked to become worthless. This is as symbiotic of a relationship as you can get. So... I thought this was really powerful, um, not only for answering that question, but talking about the fact about how hardcore Frax and, and Sam are about um, the level of their investments in owning their liquidity. And now that they're building their own lending platform and they have their own exchange, 
um, that puts them in a position of, of not only continuing what they're doing there, but building and driving it themselves on their own, on their own platform. So um, just a massive amount. I mean, if you think about 50% of all bribes, that that's just such a significant amount. Um, and he's basically saying that yields would drop by half if they pulled out. Um, it, of course, you know, if you're, if you're curve and convex, you might be a little concerned about that level of control, but you know, the fact is, is that he's playing the game and uh, I think he's doing a great job of, of building that up. Uh, Joe, you know what? We're, we're at the end of the show. Uh, we'll talk about this yeah. one tomorrow. This is a company that I was listening uh, to an interview about called Zero Hash. They are actually, interestingly enough, the credit card profile, the virtual bank, and um, the crypto component of many of the major uh, players in the crypto space that are um, – you know, we take credit cards, uh, we provide some virtual banking services. Almost all of that is provided by ZeroHash. The largest one, MoonPay, is all ZeroHash on the back end. So essentially, there are companies out there printing money that are using uh, this ZeroHash platform to basically become uh, licensed. So they have two New York State bit licenses. They Ooh. have full money, full money um transfer transmittal licenses in every state. Um, so they basically provide all the regulatory uh, frameworks as well as credit card processing to buy crypto as well as custody and crypto um, for some of the biggest players in the space. And behind it is this company, ZeroHash. So hmm. very interesting. Um, U.S. Treasury came out and said uh, Americans can go recover their locked-in tornado cash. Uh, that wasn't, you know, I mean, you, you have to go fill out an application, blah, blah, blah. The government will decide whether you get your money back or not. But the interesting thing um, in this was that they clarified that running the code is not a violation. Right. So people are tweeting at GitHub today saying, dude, let the GitHub let the repositories back open because the tornado, because the OFAC has made clear now that it is not a violation to use the code. It is only the right. actions. Uh, they knew they were in trouble with that shit. And they're probably still in, I don't mean in trouble, like going to jail in trouble, but they knew yeah. they, they were on shaky legal ground with the way they worded it in the first place. They're still on privacy and freedom of speech grounds on shaky ground on saying that, you know, the use yeah. of this protocol in that way is is can be stopped. But the, good to see them clarify that running the code is not a violation. Nope. And there was also a uh, another clarification, I think, in that same article that said, "Look, we don't, we are not enforcing this against uh, against smaller individuals." Right. So they basically said, like the people we talked about that get hurt by this for legitimate right. uses. They're not going after that. So I think what they're, you know, somebody's sitting there and they're like, these guys, darn North Koreans, let's get them. And they come in. And then, of course, there's a wide swath of collateral damage. And then to their credit, they're trying to fix it. So it doesn't undermine that. But I, I again, you still got to go to the government and explain to them if you have <laughs> stuff locked there where it came from. Exactly. Exactly. So make sure your right. house is in order before you do that. Yeah, and those deposits that you got from people, Aviv, that have been washed in tornado cash, doesn't put you in jeopardy. 
it, it's they've said they've made that clear. So I'm glad they clarified that. Would have been nice if they had uh, done that when they originally scared the shit out of the entire market and caused a crash. But you know, better late than never, I guess. Well, you know, just everybody makes mistakes. I mean, I mean, how if you're going to push the envelope like we do, you're going to make mistakes. Um, it's about your intent. Yeah, and you know, and usually if you hadn't. If you didn't intend to make that mistake, then you're not going to get slammed yep. as hard. Yeah, um, be fine or something like that. But at least you're not going to be, you know, looking at time in a small room. So, yes. Yes. Um, but it is nerve wracking to think yeah. about that. I mean, of course. Um, I always wonder, like, about all the Cryptopia people and that hack that are all trying to get their crypto back. I what mean, the fuck is going on with that bankruptcy? I, I, I don't know. I just didn't participate um, because, you know, look, some people, have, well, other people have speculated more nefarious things like it was taken down <laughs> to, uh, I guess there was a lot of bad stuff maybe going on. I don't know. But um, again, you go and give them your name. And if you were, you know, not compliant, you know, you kind of expose yourself a little bit. So, yeah, I kind of look at it like, you know, I, I just try to to do the right thing, basically, yep. and stay out of everybody's gun sites. So this is interesting. Cryptopia actually applied, filed for U.S. bankruptcy protection on. Why is this dated? Oh, this was in May. Yeah, I think there was a lot. I knew they of, were in New Zealand, but. Yeah, no, I think there was a lot of institutional money there, actually. Because remember, there was really no, I mean, Binance was around, but I hadn't made the full swing. I mean, I was all Cryptopia at that point. I wasn't, no, I was doing Binance too. You're right. I yeah, was doing of course. Binance. Because um, now I'm remembering that. But it was, there weren't any other options. Right. I mean, Coinbase was around, but. Well, for know, certain tokens that we were playing with too, there were there were less options. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And they some of them weren't listed on Binance. That was the other thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, to me, it's like you know, if you anything that happened in the past in these areas, if if you know you got burned and stuff, you know, it's just gone. Move on to the next thing. And although if I had a couple bees sitting in tornado cash or something like that, I'd probably want it. But right. why would I have a couple bees sitting in tornado cash? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, that would be in the big bank. Sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up, Joe. All right, buddy. Uh, one o'clock. Uh, all right. So I want to remind everybody, please go to r slash mission DeFi and join the conversation. Post, you know, anything you want that's legal. Um, please, you know, be sure to be respectful of each other. And uh, we look forward to your feedback, ideas, thoughts, discussion points, anything else. Um, I'll create a discussion point. Um, just around that whole SEC discussion that Joe and I had. So everybody can weigh in there and tell us your thoughts yeah. and opinions on that one. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, come back and join the, the discussion on Reddit. That's kind of the beauty of it. It's not real time. So anybody can come in and make comments in these threads and, and, and take part of the discussion. If you uh, like what we're doing, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It does a huge, huge amount to help us grow. If you're watching on YouTube, please uh, subscribe and click the little bell 
so you get notified when the next episode comes out. Um, we welcome your feedback, comments, and thoughts in r slash uh, Reddit. But if you're feeling uh, shy or private, you can always message me, B05Crypto, on Twitter and Telegram. And um, we appreciate you guys. We love you. Sean, Niblets, uh, Shizzy. Who else? Anybody else comment today, Joe? That's the group. That's the group. Thanks, guys. You are a we appreciate your participation. We appreciate you helping us out. Uh, we love having you on the show. Thank you for you for taking time out of your day to listen to what uh, Joe and I have to say. We it's uh, it's appreciated. So that's uh, that's it for me, Joe. Yeah, me too. Uh, thanks, everyone. Sorry about the technical difficulties on my end today, but uh, we'll hopefully have those fixed up tomorrow. Yeah, Shizzy, I'll put the Discord link in the uh, show notes. All right, man. Everybody have a great day. Love you guys and appreciate you. Take care, Joe. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later, Brad. Thanks, everyone.